where you live shouldn't limit your access to quality internet. That's not fair. U.S. Cellular introduces fast and fair high-speed internet. With reliable home internet from U.S. Cellular, now there's no limit to how you stream, game, and work. So instead of this, you get this. Upgrade to fast and fair high-speed internet from U.S. Cellular. Upgrade to fair. Good morning, guys. This is Breaking Through Addiction. My name is Dr. Rob Kelly, the addiction doctor, and this is my co-host and partner in crime, Jennifer Lovely. Welcome to the show, guys. It's Wednesday morning, just after nine o'clock here in CST. I'm in San Antonio, Texas, and it's absolutely beautiful morning. Welcome to the show. Jennifer, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. I um, was just slept so hard. I had some amazing dreams, so I just was feeling, I'm feeling a little like I'm just waking up and thank goodness for coffee. I know. I was the same this morning. I, I woke up at quarter past two. I woke up at four o'clock and I think it's nerves for my surgery tomorrow, but we'll see what happens. Guys out there, I'm going for surgery tomorrow. So if everyone say prayers and stuff tomorrow around 1 p.m., that would be awesome. Let's hope the doctor's in a great mood or the surgeon's in a great mood. Got a great guest today, Jen. Justine Evers. Absolutely an amazing person. I looked her up, been on a website. We've been chatting for a couple of months now. Really excited to have her on today. And I think today is going to be a special one. Always. Well, it's always special, but yes, definitely. She's got an incredible story and um, and it's just so interesting where she is right now. So excited to bring her in. Yeah, definitely. Every Wednesday, guys, 9 a.m. Central, we go live on Facebook for all our followers. You get the first show and tonight up to 65 platforms and the radio station. Phoenix radio station is now carrying our show. Really excited about that. So if you've got any questions, pop them in during the week and we'll answer them. If you've got any queries, pop them in during the week and we'll get to them. Another so two giveaways. Again, we're going to keep giving away the books. Myself is Daddy, Daddy, Please Stop Drinking and the, the Addiction Diaries by Jennifer Lovely. Two great books you need in your library, believe me. So, Justine Evers, stick around right after the break. Welcome back, guys. Thank you for joining us. This is Dr. Rob Kelly, the Addiction Doctor. Welcome to Breaking Through Addiction, the Wednesday morning show. We are pleased to have Justine Evers with her. Good morning, Justine. How are you today? Good morning or good afternoon from Keep Ukraine. Yes, in the Ukraine. Yeah, it's almost actually evening here. It's 5 o'clock p.m. Wow. Pretty getting weird, dark. huh? Yeah, and getting dark early, I'm sure. Almost, not quite. And we have a few more weeks from what I understand. But yes, those long, dark winters are coming. It's a good time to write a book is what I keep telling myself. Oh, Yeah, <laughs> this, you have to. Yeah, you got to do. Me and Jen draw a book. It was just a, for me, it was inspiring. It was uh, upsetting because I had to go back to my past. And it's amazing because when I was going back and we actually visited Manchester, the place where I used to sleep on the benches when I was homeless, 
uh, and it was just haunting. But the memories that came back went straight into the book. Uh, coincidentally, two years ago, or when we started writing it, my daughter, after 20 years, got in contact with me on Facebook, and uh, the book is dedicated to her. And it was the last thing she said to me when the authorities took him away, which was, Daddy, Daddy, please stop drinking. So, yeah, it was awesome. Absolutely awesome. So tell us tell us what you do, Justine, and uh, we know where you are in the Ukraine, but tell, tell our listeners what you do. I am an entrepreneur through and through. Um, right now, I am the founder and president of a nonprofit called The Paradigm Switch, which helps military spouses how to work anywhere in the world. And then I also just started my own LLC, and I'm kind of generating a lot of different products and services under that, which um, involves a podcast called Protecting Courage. Also involves some business coaching for entrepreneurs, artists, and growing founders. Um, and I'm hoping to write a book and a few other things. But my main mission is really giving the power back to people and teaching people how to innovate and kind of educating people that it's not something that's just for Silicon Valley and San Francisco, that everybody has the ability to innovate and create something that didn't exist before. In particular, I'm really interested in people who are creating change within their own lives or others' lives that is for the greater good. So I'm all about innovating and creating change within ourselves and for others. Oh, I so love that. So tell us how you have Change have you've created change through breaking through addiction? I have my whole life has changed. <laughs> um, I had been creating a lot of change in my life um, while fighting addiction. Um, I actually spent most of my 20s trying to control my drinking and was failing miserably mm. and went into my 30s and moving to Silicon Valley and becoming an entrepreneur, I really thought I had everything figured out. I thought I was on top of the world. Um, I got accepted into Stanford and I studied innovation and entrepreneurship there. My first company started there. And I just thought I was the bee's knees, you know, three kids, three jobs. I was doing it all. But really what was happening is I was the loneliest I had ever been in my life. Um, I was drinking massive amounts of alcohol. It was not fun anymore. And just like all of our stories, it was very lonely and sad there at the end um, and eventually surrendered and asked for help. And um, it's been quite the journey. I am actually celebrating. I gave myself a little made up holiday because I'm going through so much change in my life. So I'm celebrating a thousand days next month because I needed a little pep in my step. So three years in February, if I am lucky to make it, which I am working every day to make that and stay sober for the rest of my life. Um, Tell me what the, uh, what the worst thing with the alcoholism happened, because we've all got our lows that we talk about. Uh, what was your low? I mean, the lowest, lowest, lowest point that you got that affected other people as well. That affected other people. I would say waking up in a hotel room and not knowing where I am and my husband not knowing where I am and completely being sexually assaulted in ways that I didn't know were possible mm. and having to live with that and not being able to remember. And the worst part is, is that I, the night before drank a lot, but that night didn't drink that much, but um, was really taken advantage of. And uh, my last night of drinking, I just remember wandering the streets of San Francisco. Um, 
and not getting home until 5 a.m. and my phone being in an Uber and my new AirPods being completely lost and not knowing how I got home and actually having to be somewhere the next day was really important and showing up still drunk and complete embarrassment to my family and my kids and not understanding why I kept doing this to myself um, because I was so successful and, you know, so functioning as a mom and a businesswoman, but I had this dirty little secret that I wasn't willing to admit. And I thought it was everything else. I thought it was the food. I thought it was the working out. I thought it was, you know, other people, but it wasn't, it was the alcohol. That was the root of all of it. Wow. That's amazing. Um, and not, I mean, I'm sorry that you experienced all of that. Um, one of the things that Dr. Rob and I are really passionate about is killing the secret that we, um, you know, that we all have a secret inside of us, right? That is haunting us, that keeps us from really fully living into our life. Mm-hmm. How um, did you killing your secret, how has that helped you out into the world and in your life and intimacy and relationships and all of that? Yeah, I think I've uncovered a lot of secrets about myself. I. Um, unfortunately, as a, I, I was, that was not my first time being sexually assaulted. So um, through my recovery process, uh, working through therapy and coming out with that, um, it, it kind of expelling some of the secrets through um, some physical abuse as a young child, through the unst- instability of homelessness as a child in high school, um, but also um, coming out as a bisexual woman as well uh, as an adult was also challenging. And so people would always be asking me all these questions. How do you just say all these things and come out so openly? And honestly, it's been the most healing thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's scary as shit. I got to be honest with you. Like my heart is pounding right now, you know, mm-hmm. and these things are on my website and I talk about them openly. But there's just something about not knowing who will see this, but trusting that whoever does see this will need to hear it. And um, to know that even still today, I'm scared shitless saying this right now, but it's my truth and I can't hide from it because when I try to hide from it and escape from it, my brain recognizes what that looks like. And it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it likes that actually. So Mm. I I have to go against the grain. And I've never really been afraid to rebel against things. So once I kind of built this concept in my head that I have to rebel against that need to escape, it's been working for me a little bit. I feel more and more people are stepping out today. More and more people are being real. More and more people are coming with their own truth. You see, the definition of insanity to me is not being able to see your own truth. And if you're hiding behind anything, you know, homosexuality, you know, bisexual, whatever it may be, then you're not being genuine. And I think people can see through that. So I know when I came out as, as an alcoholic, I wanted to hide for so long. And I mean, you guys know me. I, I, I live out loud so other people don't have to suffer in silence. That's my mm-hmm. deal. And by putting myself out there, people see this. And I admire you, Justine, just for what you just said and being out there and doing this deal. Talk, talk to me because I know we have something in common. Talk to me about the imposter syndrome. Uh, it's real. <laughs> um, 
you know, I'm the first person to graduate from college in my family. I joined the Navy at 17 to find a better way to live my life and not be a, a statistic. Um, to sit here today and say that I studied at Stanford University and I have a master's degree and uh, three children and I've been married for 16 years, um, not always happily, but damn, we're fighting for that. You know, if we can survive uh, addiction, I'm pretty much sold that we can survive anything. Always. And always. we're very happily um, married, but it's taken a lot of work, um, a lot of work on my part and a lot of reality checks that um, it's not like there's a sense of responsibility that I have for myself that I think I always had in other areas, but not when it came to emotions or trauma or um, yeah, I would say just emotions and trauma. So the imposter syndrome is real. I, it's hard to believe that I own two companies. It's hard to believe that um, I've helped so many people but I have to be honest with you, my imposter syndrome is starting to fade. I recently had a huge spiritual awakening. Um, one of my best friends from high school just recently overdosed and we hadn't talked for a long time. And it really put me in the space in my recovery where I realized that I could, that could have been me. And there's a, there's a reason why it's not. And there's so many times in my life where things could have went wrong, but they didn't. And I just have now accepted the fact that I'm here for a reason and I can't waste it. And when I think about it that way, my imposter syndrome tends to fade a little bit because I'm being of service and it's not coming from my ego. Mm, love that so much. Mm. I know. Um, because I do like when we can get, when we can actually come to the place where we can um, believe that our higher power in a lot of ways is our parent and that higher power is, is actually there supporting us and really, really um, like has our back. I notice, I notice when um, I, things don't always go the way I want in my connection to my higher power, I immediately go, oh, you must not be there for me because that's the, that's the way I felt like maybe in my family. And so I, you know, we, we put those two together, but I'm really curious how not being anonymous serves your life. Mm -hmm. It serves my life personally in a couple different ways. So the reason why I chose to be so open about my alcoholism is because I am a leader in, in, in industries and I felt like I grew up in those industries and people know me in those spaces, especially within the military space. I'm very well known. And I think that it was, it would be irresponsible for me not to take ownership of that because I want to walk the walk. I just don't want to talk the talk. And that's always kind of been my thing. That's how I am. So I originally shared um, on a few podcasts and, and just started talking about it on my personal social media channel to kind of break down that image of perfectionism because it's really easy to portray an image of perfectionism on social media and at conferences and speaking events and, and in business. And I didn't want that to be the case. I really wanted to show my, myself in, in all the ways, good, bad, and ugly. Um, and then as, I, as people started to message me, I started to realize how many people 
benefited from sharing and how many people would private message me and then tell me too that they think that they had a, a drinking problem and they had never heard anyone talk about it this way. And that's really when things started to connect for me and I realized that would, that's my story too. I white knuckled for a long time and it really wasn't until I started actively working a program where I really learned about the disease of alcoholism and realized that I wasn't crazy. I mean, maybe I'm a little crazy, but <laughs> I think we all are. But the reality is, is that I wasn't unique. Uh, all of these people are, are the stories are so similar that um, we have different experiences, but there's just so much in common in the rooms that I started realizing this, this is a disservice if we stay anonymous. We need to find ways to talk about this more because it normalizes it. And I think that I would have asked for help a lot sooner because I wouldn't have taken it so personal thinking that something was wrong with me. Like I was defective in some way. And so I really want to display, I really want to normalize alcoholism in a way that we know that if it runs in your family, you have a higher risk of struggling with alcohol. So why are we sweeping it under the rug at that point? <laughs> you know, why are we celebrating uh, the the drinking uh, mommy wine clubs and all of that stuff? You know, why why are we joking about it? We're joking about it because joking about joking and laughing is a coping mechanism. And the reality is is that people are lonely, and people aren't understanding how to how to drink responsibly. And I could never drink responsibly, so. I think there are a lot of people out there like me and, and us that just can't drink responsibility. It's just not in your DNA. And if that's how it is, you, you need to be aware of that. And that's something that you need to work on. And, and everybody has something. And this is just your thing. And I call it a little gift because I'm way better sober and, you know, working the steps in my life in a way just throughout my whole life. It just. I think it's needed. Change me as a human being. I know. And when I when I enjoyed my drinking, I couldn't control it. And when I controlled my drinking, I couldn't enjoy it. Guys, we got just been Eva's on the show. Give me one second. A quick one note from our sponsors. We'll be right back after this, guys. Stick around. I have a question from Peter in Macclesfield, United Kingdom, for Justine. He's just messaged me now. We'll be right back in uh, 50 seconds. RecoverMeCoaching.com is the website that you've just watched for those just listening. RecoveryCoaching.com. It's a new type of coaching, taking you into the future and making sure that you achieve all your milestones. Justin Evers is with us. We got a question from uh, Peter in Macclesfield. He's just message. He says, Justin, how do you create change in your life? I think the first step is honesty. And the second step is acceptance and really evaluating what you can control and what you can't control and really then evaluating what can change over time and what will never change and really accepting that. And then identifying your goal long-term, like where do you want to be? What do you want to be doing in a year, three years, five years? And you just work backwards and you just completely surrender the process and being completely open because once you've set your mind to it, the universe will provide. And you need to surround yourself with 
you will be a reflection of those you surround yourself with. So network and find people who are doing it and watch and listen. Mm. I love that so much. And I, I, I think that there's so much truth to that. And I also um, love um, the honesty piece because I, I don't know, I like the older I get, the more in touch I get with myself, the more in touch I get with um, like who I truly am and the sacredness of who I am. I, it's harder to sit across the table from somebody who is unwilling to be honest. Oh, we lost her. Oh, um, well, there you go. Justine was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Live radio and podcast. You've got well, to love she, it. she is in Kiev. So, um, yeah. I mean, you know, that I don't know where she exactly, but it might be in unstable, her unstable. Um, I love that. I love what she had to say. And, um, just, I, I, I just experienced so much, um, authenticity from her. I don't know. Yeah. What, what, did you, what did you think, Dr. Robert? Yeah, definitely. And like she said, you know, coming out and doing everything that must've been hard, but, um, you know, she's, she's honest. She's being honest. Thank you. Ukraine internet. Thank you so much. She's back. Oh, on. We were, oh. we, were just saying, we were just saying, Justine, so how honest you are and how real you are and yeah. how people can see that and touch it and listen to you. Uh, so while while Jennifer asked another question, I'm going to pop your website at the bottom so people can join it if they wish and seek you out more. Yeah, like, so I was just saying, um, you know, the, the more I really understand um, the depth of who I am, it, the harder it is for me to sit across the table from somebody that isn't being honest with themselves. And, and I don't mean that like judgmentally, like you're a bad person. I don't want to sit with you. It's just, I, I've begun to listen to my intuition and you kind of know when people are not being genuine and honest with themselves, not even with me, but just honest with themselves. How do you, um, in business in program and your own life, how do you support somebody to step into like, let's talk about being honest. Let's talk mm -hmm. about like, you've been walking through the house looking for just enough wine to get you through the night or a cigarette or a joint or, you know, whatever it is that needs to come out. How do you do that with people and support them? I think two things. I think the first thing is compassion and mm -hmm. remembering what that, feels like and looks like is super important because it really humbles us because I too, I, it's like the human nature to feel that way. Um, and when I'm not doing what I need to do, I can quickly get on my high horse and say, right. you know, like I'm doing all this work and none of these people are doing their work. Yeah. I think when um, I operate from a place of compassion and almost, you know, um, not, it almost makes me sad. And, and then that kind of humbles me in that moment and allows me to love them. I have to remember that like love has been really hard for me. And most people who are struggling with addiction in any form, it's a lack of love. And um, I think then when I come to the conversation, it can go two ways. It can be a really random conversation in a really caring and loving way. Um, but also typically it comes, it's to me, I find starting with humor or starting with a story. I think when we 
share our truth. It inspires others to share those. And it may not happen right then and there, but it will happen when they're ready. This just happened to me recently. Um, I have a friend of a friend and we just were colleagues and, you know, I'm the person that after a while, they're like, you know, I've been following you and I, I, I read your blog and I listened to your podcast and I have this one thing that I've never told anybody and I want to tell you. You know, I think people know when they're safe. And I think why my heart was beating in the beginning of the show when, when you asked me those questions, like what's the worst? It's because I don't know if I'm in a safe place. I don't know who's watching this. I mean, I don't know how who how people are going to take it. And that is terrifying. But when I think it's in an intimate uh, place and setting, you have to make people feel safe. People have to feel safe to open up and know that there won't be judgment. There won't be any like shunning you away for doing anything. And I think that's, you know, we've learned that through working the steps. If you work the steps, when the moment you get on step five and they don't budge, <laughs> it's like, oh, you didn't even budge. That's cool. And they still love you. For me, that was a huge point in my life where I realized what unconditional love really means. And, and, and honestly, my marriage has taught me that too. And my children, what unconditional love means. And my children say they, they are appreciative of how honest I am because it's, it's genetic and I'm very honest and I hate it, but that's what keeps me sober. So mm. I have to keep doing it. And it's not about, at that point, it's not about anybody else. It's about being sober and doing what I need to do and making sure that I'm being honest with myself. I know that uh, I've done about 20 years in school and colleges uh, to, to, to be uh, the doctor I am today. And I've, I've uh, studied Carl Jung. You've probably heard of that name. Um, and I must admit that the, the best piece of literature that I've ever read uh, regarding alcoholism and recovery from and, and education of is the first 164 pages of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, and people don't understand that. You think the first and second edition is public domain. And I, I actually use that in my practice because I think it's the only way. But not only that, why can't we start giving this book to uh, schools and kids and colleges and get them to read this? Because really, alcoholism has got very little to do with alcohol. And drug addiction has got very little to do with drugs. It's all about the mind. It's all about the, the thought pattern. It's all about the neural pathways being changed in the brain. And, and the alcohol then becomes the symptom of the disease. And we can arrest the disease as soon as we put alcohol into our body because of that mental obsession. All bets are off. Describe to me um, how you would inspire somebody that comes to you that's um, bisexual that has a drinking problem and has nowhere to turn and hasn't told anybody yet that they're suffering that badly. Where would you start with that person? I would start with me and I would, I would have a conversation with them. Um, and then I would determine if they were ready to seek outside help. And I would probably recommend going to a meeting with them because it's a safe, anonymous, quiet, um, intimate, place where they can see that it's not just me. It's not just them. There's other people. Um, I'd probably do that for a little bit. And then I would, you know, depending on the person and their situation, recommend other services. But that, that has happened. And I think it just starts with bringing them into the conversation with me um, and just providing that safe space that it's okay. 
and like, I'm doing this, you can do this. There's plenty of people out here that are doing this. I actually, it blows my mind how many people are in recovery, how many brilliant people, how many leaders in all industries are in recovery. You know, I mean, if we really put a spotlight on how many people were in recovery and business leadership and just different places around the world, I think the rest of the world would be shocked to know how brilliant um, a lot of people in recovery really are. And that's, I think people need to know that because it's not like this dirty little thing. You're not, you're not done. You're not, you know, this is the, this is just the time in your life and you need to get your shit and it's going to be fine. We're all going to be here with you. You're going to have to work your ass off. But like there is life after addiction. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, I'm reading this book right now called um, Primal Scream. Hmm. And um, it's a fascinating book. And his take is that um, actually the sickness, the thing that's killing us the most is repression. And... And so when we're when we have a society that's walking around being repressed, um, we, we can't actually begin to feel we're numb and alcoholics, you know, drugs, addiction, all of that that comes. But how difficult is it to um, fight? I don't know if that's the right word, uh, perfectionism in the military. Um, and, and from the place of addiction, like, because I'm sure that there's an immense amount of addiction in the military and in, in all forms. And because, and because the perfectionism is so, um, rampant and that's what it needs to be in order to survive and push forward. How do you deal with that, Justine? Or how do you not deal with it? Or does it matter? No, I think it matters. And I think it's changing. I think, I think it's changing, uh, quickly. Um, I think there's a lot of people that are ready for it to change. I think there's a lot of people that aren't ready for it to change. Um, I, think, I think perfectionism is our egos, mm-hmm. in my personal opinion. And I don't, I know, I think there are some very smart people out there that agree, but that's just my experience. Um, but in the military, I think that they're doing a good job of. I don't think enough people are talking about it, to be honest. I think it's very internal, but I don't think we're talking about it. I think it's even more hush-hush in the military. I'll just be honest. I think it's even more of a stigma. And um, I haven't been in the military active duty for a very long time. So I can only speak from the from the military spouse side. I transitioned out of the Navy in 2003. Um, and so it's been a while, um, but I just recently did a five-part series with a nonprofit that supports military spouse wellness. And we talked about this and it was, it was this five part series and we went through each stage of alcoholism. I told my story and then I just provided, you know, things you can find on the internet, education on the disease and really framed the alcoholism, not as this inability to not have enough willpower and, you know, um, suck it up and and get my shit together. It was more of like, no, you don't understand. I didn't have control and I was powerless over alcohol and it progressed into this over time. This is what it looked like at this stage. And this is what it looked like at this stage. And I think that we could do a better job of framing it in that way and showing the progression of the disease because we typically only think of alcoholism at that bottom. We don't think about the progression and how we're managing our stress. 
on a daily basis? Are we using alcohol? How many times do you hear people, oh, long day, look, 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 look. And it's just like, that's what I did. And now I'm so aware of how dangerous that is. And, mm. and, and you know, you're just really suppressing your emotions and your feelings. And it's important to be able to deal with your emotions sober. So I literally, this is what I talk to my children about. You know, you're having a bad day. Let's meditate. Let's put on some like calming music. You know, I can't change the situation, but you're going to have to learn to sit with that. And it's so hard because I think we want to fix everything for everybody. And we can't. That's just the reality of it. Like you can't. Yeah. Yeah. All that people pleasing and, you know, trying to save everybody. And, you know, it just can't be done. Guys, Justin Eva's on the show. Stick around for 15 seconds. We've got all her details. You can check her out. She's absolutely an amazing person. Um, really think that welcome back, Dr. Rob. Are you with yeah, us? Oh. RecoverMeCoaching.com. Recover Me Coaching. Oh, what a great, uh, a great new coaching program. If you want to uh, be the sponsor, get in touch with us and we'll put you on. You get a two or three commercials. Justin, uh -oh. the website, and you can see it on all the platforms across. And oh, is it me? No, it's him. There's, there's the internet. You guys, it's justinevers.com. Uh, you can check out justinevers.com, what she does, what she's about. Any time, just click on. If there's anything else that you want to share, tell us tell us where people can find you on social media or and when you'll be back into the States. I will be in Ukraine for three years. With Mick Delivery, get your favorites like a juicy quarter pounder, golden fries, and crispy chicken McNuggets. Ordering is easy. Choosing what you'll eat first, not as easy. Every day at McDonald's, share a classic Big Mac pack with two Big Mac sandwiches, two medium fries, and a 20-piece chicken McNuggets. Get it with Mick Delivery or mobile order and pay. Price and participation may vary. Delivery prices may be higher than at restaurants. Delivery fee, service fee, and or small order fee may apply. Get it contactless with Mick Delivery. Keep the devices in your home protected from Wi-Fi threats with Xfinity XFi. If it's connected, it's protected. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Switch to Xfinity today and get a great offer. You'll get fast speeds and the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with Xfinity XFi. And now you can get advanced security for free when you get the XFi gateway. That's a $72 value per year. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store to switch today. Restrictions apply.